Hello and welcome to the Startups Roundtable. I'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. Here in Sydney, it's the Gadigal people. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Hi, Tony Hackett is my name and welcome to the Startups Roundtable. With coaching and mentoring being such crucial elements of a startup support structure, it was great to have Aggie Pulford join me. Aggie is both a coach and a startup founder herself, having recently launched a Kickstarter program for her interview master deck, which has her working both sides of the startup experience, helping startups and being one herself. Her intersection of experiences sets us up for a great discussion. So let's get to it and meet Aggie. I'm a creator of the interview master deck on Kickstarter. I am a professional coach for a few good years already. And I've also been recently laid off from my usual jobs. And that's where the Kickstarter actually was born to to ensure that that I am addressing some need that I've seen with my coaching clients. And that's why we are here today to talk a little bit more how it happened and what is meant to do, what that product is actually meant to do in the world. Does it make sense? Aggie, it does. And so let's, let's take that in a couple of different parts. Let's first of all understand what the actual Kickstarter program you've got going right now and, and take us a little bit deeper into the interview master deck and then we'll talk about the process of how you got to where you are now. Oh, yes, absolutely. So when it comes to the interview master deck, is it's a set of deck cards that everyone can actually take out and play and start recording themselves and prepare for the interviews as many people will will do most likely after the lockdowns in many various different places on earth and as well what it it helps to do it helps focus on on the interview process itself i don't know if you've ever tried to prepare for something online and, and so on you always wandered into weird places on the internet and before you realized you were three hours into watching some weird videos that you even didn't think that you would come across and i want to take out this distraction and as well i want to take out the distraction of the phone if possible unless you're recording with your phone, of course, uh, where you, when you start doing something on your phone, you also go and check your Facebook, you also go and check your emails, and then before you realize you, you've spent already 40 minutes doing something else than you meant, instead of preparing for the interview, you wandered into different places again. So that's, that's where those old style, because the idea of cards, a set of cards, it's not new, it, it's been out there. And they're being used, like in coaching, I have great values cards, I, ca- I have great emotional intelligence cards, I have a lo- lots of different cards. But this uh, master deck is basically for a pure and sole purpose for a person to start practicing. The, the, we are starting from the basic interview questions, but we all obviously have a different ideas in mind for the future and how to scale it but when it comes to like general preparation this is the place to go and it, it's gonna be pretty inexpensive as well yeah it, it certainly caught my attention when i saw it on kickstarter and uh, as as you're aware that a lot of projects on on kickstarter 
But for those very reasons that you just explained, it jumped off the page and it made me think about where we are now. So many people who have been laid off and, and not in work. And even if they weren't, being able to have that very structured way to remotely coach themselves to be able to turn up with their, their best selves to an interview. I, I thought it was a, a wonderful way that you, you've packaged it. It also made me think about uh, how in a startup world, some startups start working at it like two years before and, and start to work up to going live as such. Yours sort of started in the moment. And that is a process I'd love to hear about how you went from that moment where in March you decided to get this out and to, to go live for funding. Could you take me through the thought process and also that moment where you decided to go from, I've got this really good idea, to actually creating the, uh, the, the product, which is the, the interview master? Sure. So the idea for for creating something extra on the top of of the uh, career and business and personal coaching that I offer was in my mind for a bit. But in January, I had a conversation with J Jacob Morris, and he was like, "Yeah, you should totally do it." But then I started a new uh, new job as a training and development leader. So I was like. Okay, I, I'm kind of parking this, and then uh, in a month that job was gone. I was like, okay, so I have this idea. Uh, also, because many people they started to contact me about getting coaching right now to use this time very productively, but they didn't realize how actually coaching expensive could be, and how much time the interview prep time is actually taking. They uh, usually we all think that it's like, oh, I will just hear a question and we'll just answer and that will be okay, right? Uh, but sometimes starting even uh, the, the conversation, tell me about yourself, can take an hour. And that's something that I always highlight to my coaching clients that takes more time than you think. And the interview master deck, it helps people to coach themselves. It helps people first if you want to write down your answers. That's great. But don't script them because if you forget during the interview, you will actually face this massive block. Oh, my God, I don't remember. I would rather have you improvise and actually go with the flow and feel comfortable in your own scheme and be your best self. How do you think about people needing to do this now in the, the remote world? As you and I are able to see each other other sides of the world having this conversation, what are the subtle differences people need to recognize in preparing for interviews now? I do believe that many interviews nowadays are, and I actually I help a few clients to prepare for these interviews uh, on Zoom, right, or any other Google Meet online. But what people do not realize that the body language still comes across. And the low self-confidence and low self-esteem still comes across. And while you might not be traveling to the location of, of the interviewer, uh, you are still meeting the person who will read and who will assess your ability, uh, whether you can do the job or not. And for years, I've been working in more IT and technical uh, industries, uh, which are famous for not necessarily having the confidence and being able to articulate what they can do the best to the general public. And that's where we start. We always start the interview process with someone who is non-tech. And that person might not necessarily follow us. We might be brilliant. And, you know, I, I worked with brilliant minds. They are absolutely amazing but when it comes to ta uh, talking about their weaknesses they go blank so that's where i want to to actually people 
from the engineering, accounting, finance, IT, feel comfortable. You know, it's it's us that conversation, it needs to flow naturally to get to the next stage in the interview or to even land a job for the money that you deserve to be paid. It's a fantastic way of putting it. And so you and I have that commonality of uh, having worked and I still work in the in the tech industries. And you're right, just as you, I've worked with some super brilliant people and their ability to execute on their role, best in class. Their ability to talk about themselves, worst in class. <laughs> and it's trying to actually bridge that gap for them. That's wonderful. Uh, exactly. And, you know, even for, for me, for myself, I've been always a very comfortable person to to talk about what I'm doing and and how I'm doing things and I'm very open and honest about like life or, or that I I'm having and I created for myself. Uh, but lots of my friends they just like I oh, know you know they are dreading interviews and, and also as a business owner uh, I do face a lot of rejections. So for me it's like it's fine. But some people, they still need to overcome that barrier first. So there are many, many steps for job seekers or career changers or people who just just basically want to, to present themselves that you need to feel comfortable with a simple questions like, tell me about yourself. How do you deal with difficult people? What's your weakness? What's important to you? How much do you want to earn? And many people, you know, they, they really cringe when they hear these questions. Do you uh, see the work that you're doing and the project that you're you're doing working on as something that is as important for the interviewer as it is for the interviewee? I kind of do feel this way because in Ireland we suffer from the shortage of talent in certain areas. So uh, I don't know how it's it looks like in our Australia, but we do need more engineers. We do need more tech people. And actually, I know personally a few great people who could fill these positions, but as they weren't able to communicate their value, they weren't given this opportunity. So I want to bridge the gap for the recruiters so they can actually hear how great person is in front of them, but as well for the person that is in front of them to be able to communicate easily and with with confidence what they can do. Uh, and uh, usually when we start interview badly, it takes a lot of time to, to recover and many people don't recover. And if you give yourself the first few questions, like really positive boosts, the first impression is all what really will stay in that room with the interviewer. Aggie, I'm guessing that from your experience and knowledge, you started off with this superset that you had to work out what is going to be in this first rev of the interview master deck. How did you go about making those decisions? And, and maybe implicit in that is how do you go about making decisions that allowed you to work out what was going to be the focus and what you would actually come to market with? I've already coached many people successfully who landed jobs, and I always ask them, we do the very quickly, the interview recap, what happened there, what questions did you get? So this is a practical information that I'm getting from people, what they were asked. Myself, I've went through a few interviews, some of them were great, some of them they weren't, uh, and and that's okay too. And as well, the research that I've already done online, what is out there, what people are sharing, uh, which is one side, it's a common knowledge, yet 
as we don't interview often, this is not a skill that we actually develop naturally. I definitely agree with with that point. You, you've also layered up your your go to market on your experiences as a coach, and I'd love to just dig into that a little bit. And maybe if I could start our conversation with in the startup world, we hear people talk about having mentors, and that's a very common thing that people would have mentors and, and guides. Could you maybe give a perspective on the difference between mentors and coaching, and then start to take us down a conversation around coaching? and how you think about it and how you approach it? Both mentors and coaches are very important to have in your life. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or you're 80. It really doesn't matter. Mentors are people who share their knowledge and expertise with you, who will actually provide you the knowledge that you might be missing from this or the other way. But Coaches are people who help you and to, who partner with you to brainstorm those ideas that you might have already uh, actually, they might have crossed your mind. As a coach, I believe that my, my clients are, are very resourceful and whole, and I never get disappointed, never, ever get disappointed with ideas that my clients bring to the table. And also the the coach is different here. Uh, and there is a, the big advantage of the coach, uh, having a coach, is that you are creating something for yourself that it's going to work for you. With mentor who is sharing the knowledge, I'm not saying that you wouldn't get to the same, but sometimes it is more like, I've got an advice, I tried it, it didn't work, I never came back to it. With coaching, we, okay, so this is the action plans. Those are your goals. You go, you try, you come back. Oh, it didn't work. Okay, so what can we tweak to make it better, to make it work for you? It's much more personalized. And the one part that I do agree with the greatest minds in coaching, like uh, David Peterson or, or basically Marshall Goldsmith, you can't coach knowledge as well. If someone doesn't have the knowledge, the person needs to gain the knowledge. And sometimes I do, as a coach, I ask my clients to do research because I see the gap uh, and, and, and let's bridge it somehow. We can't coach. If someone doesn't know something, it's very hard to coach the person to suddenly know it for them for a, for a fact. Uh, so that's that's the difference. That's how I see it. That's a great final point that you just made there. When, when you think about that and, and that base level that you're looking for, how do you quickly determine it so that there aren't any unrealistic expectations on the, the people that you're coaching? We all have our romanticized ideas how the life or how certain career should look like. And we do tend to romanticize our future or ideal job. Like, I absolutely love coaching. For me, coaching is like, I, I live it, I breathe it, and I, I basically, I'm just like, I could talk hours about this. That's the reason I'm, I will park it for now. But it doesn't matter that the profession uh, itself wouldn't have aspects that do not necessarily uh, bring a lot of joy. And one of them I can share, I am an introvert. And for me, even, you know, showing up and talking uh, publicly, it is a challenge always. Not because I can't do it. I don't have a skill. I'm very approachable. I can talk to anyone about anything. Uh, but just because the way how I am, I imagine my profession as a coach, as someone who will be always behind a client, 
And I never thought that I would be that salesperson, that PR person, that, you know, anything else that comes. It's like I am the face of this business. And even on, on Kickstarter, if you would ask me five years ago, oh, yeah, you know, that would be your picture and your phone number and your email and people will contact you. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But through actually coaching and mentoring over those five years, I grew up that's just like, this is a serious project. It might be super simple, but it's meant to help thousands of people in the long term. It's meant to make a difference. And if I won't show up as a person uh, that is not only qualified, but loves what she does and, and believes with my full heart into what I'm doing and just like how I'm doing uh, things, then people will not trust it and people will not back it up. So that's that's how I view it. And that's how I see the personal growth as a startup and a business owner. Back to the Kickstarter program in a moment, but I just want to ask a question around the coaching and where it is now and where you're seeing it evolve to. And I know that you're not just a coach because you woke up one morning and decided to be that. You've got professional qualifications and accreditations. Where Where does this massive move to online as we're doing now accelerate some change that you think needed to happen or was about to happen in coaching so i've been coaching online for for quite some time and my clients are very much multinational multicultural and there are no time zones really for me if someone is wants to meet me at day 6am and my 9pm no problem there is absolute if if i have a client who wants to have a coaching at 2am i will organize my day around this so i am uh, fresh and and we are ready to rock and that's absolutely fine. Other coaches they weren't quite there. There was a lot of um, of uncertainty and I could see how big difference it means actually it makes even to me to see the comparison. I've worked in multinational environments so it's kind of easy and I thrive. I thrive. Uh, I, I'm busy. The the startup is busy. The interview master deck gets lots of feedback, positive feedback, and and you are getting people involved from India, from China, from Australia, from US, and everyone is like you know cheering you up, and they really want to see this coming, and you know, and they can't wait, and they send you positive messages. So you see, that's so much great energy out there. And if you're open, if if you want to spend a little bit of time, uh, and obviously work, uh, I had to work uh, for everything that I have in my life. There was no, no nothing was given. And when you look around on on the successful startups and the companies, the the founders, the CEOs, and and directors, they always have to work, and they always have to you know um, invest a lot of their personal time money, uh, energy, uh, and just be there and show up. Um, that's basically what I'm doing. I couldn't agree more with you about your point around the energy. This podcast started out of the work and opportunity I was given through my current employer to work with our startup accelerator. And you couldn't meet and work with the startups and work on their go-to-market with them without feeling better about the universe and feeling more energized. And in fact, my experience was it actually changed my level of, of commitment because you needed to work at startup speed, had nothing to do with where your business card said you were from. You're either part of that lane in the highway or you need to step aside 
because there is an energy and a drive and a and a joy, I think, that is associated with it as well. So I couldn't agree more with you. I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts as somebody who's taken a project to Kickstarter and you're in the middle of it right now. If someone was listening to the podcast and they were in that point you were a few months ago, what would be the things that aren't in the handbook that you would say, I thought it was going to be like this and here's how I was surprised. And if I was going to do it again, here's the bump in the road that maybe I'd avoid to actually accelerate getting to market through Kickstarter. With me, it's a little bit tricky because once you start working as I am working as a coach for very successful people, you do realize that you ought to have a clarity. And many people, they don't actually even complete or they don't get enough funding through Kickstarter or other places because they can't communicate that message clearly. And it's very similar to the interview process, to be honest with you. Very similar. I would say exactly the same. If you don't know who you are and why you are doing things that you are doing, you won't be successful on Kickstarter. Because if you can't actually articulate that value, what are you going to do? It's not going to work. So for me, it was slightly different because that was an idea in my mind that I already clarified. I already knew what I, why I'm doing this. And uh, Kickstarter was very easy, very, very easy for me. I knew what I can expect. I got a mentor in Jacob who shared his experience with me. I got two great books on Kickstarter, how to run a successful uh, campaign. There was no revolution in there. Uh, and uh, it's we are only 20 days in the project as of today. And we are already 80% funded. And I do believe that it's only a matter of on of ten days that we'll be halfway and we'll go over the budget. The next part is when sometimes because I'm backing people as well in different places, I love to give back to the community. So that's that's a big thing for me. And when I go through many, many projects on Kickstarter, I see not only the lack of clarity, but as well the the aesthetics are not there. The design is not there. And I had a great graphic designer who just simply gets me. She just simply gets me. She knows that like nothing fussy, nothing too busy, no flowers whatsoever. This is not me. I am a brain person. I am an analytical person. I crisp, clear to the point. This is what I want. And she comes back with a wonderful project and people love it. The My audience loves it. Yes, there would be people who would prefer something different. That's okay. But that's not the point. It's just a matter how how do you... It's like, this is an idea that I'm having. I know that the idea is simple enough to work. And throughout my career, whenever I was a, a department manager or whether I was a customer service rep and so on, I always had that it must be simple and clear for the second person to understand it. And easier it is for the second person to get it, then better results they will get. And that's that's how I view generally life. That's a, a fantastic summary. And the, the thing that I would give as my feedback is, in and like you, I spend some time on Kickstarter and I invest in different projects that, that catch my attention. When I saw yours, immediate clarity and just rapidly I could see, all right, that's what the interview master deck is about. It was just so clear. 
and the graphic that was used, it was just as you describe. So as you were describing what you were looking for, that's exactly how it came off the page. So thank you for giving that summary of, of points. And it, it might be uh, something I could ask for as well as we close, uh, after we close to get the titles of those two books that you used. And I could put those in the show notes in case somebody else was looking for that same uh, confirmation as, as you suggested. But it's been wonderful speaking with you today. Thank you for your clarity in sharing your points of view on, on your own startup, which I only wish you the best with. And, and also for giving us your, your view inside your professional world as a coach. And I've certainly taken away some, some tips and some thoughts from that that are fresh to me. So Aggie, it's fantastic to have had you on the call today and uh, look forward to speaking in the near future. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was lovely, Tony. Thank you. What a great range of insight and knowledge shared by Aggie today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And thanks for listening. Feedback is always welcome and bye for now.